छात्र अमिस्त्रोबीन हजार Okay, I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. Hello, welcome to Don't Read the Latin. This is Jennifer Lovely. Hi, I'm Rias Hall. <laughs> Rias Hall is who I am. Arr. Arr. <laughs> So, Rise, what have you seen lately? Um, I haven't seen a lot lately. I have been going to see a movie once a week on a doctor's recommendation. Um, so the last one I saw was Knives Out, which is very enjoyable. Um, it's an old-style Agatha Christie-ish comedy with a lot of sharp, with a lot of wit in it. It's not like a laugh out loud falling down the stairs comedy Mm -hmm. it's a comedy of bitchiness which i am always up for (laughs) yeah jim and i went and saw that this last weekend and um i love like everybody did such a fucking fantastic job in it Mm -hmm. um i haven't seen don johnson in anything in the last couple of years where he looked like he was just having so much yeah everyone in that looked like they were having fun so much scenery daniel craig and oh my god <laughs> it's so nice to see he's so it's so nice for him to be in a movie where he doesn't have to punch or shoot anybody mm-hmm. and he's so good in it that it made me really happy both for him as an actor for being able to act instead of punch things and just because he seemed like he was having so much fun with the role so i it's highly recommended oh it's yeah, um, absolutely recommended by me too um i loved seeing a douchey chris evans because yeah, because everybody forgets that Captain like america chris yeah evans. and he was he was just the king of like the douchey assholes for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And then he Captain American did up and then like every interview he's just a fucking delight. Yeah. Um but yeah, boy, he just really does those douchebags. He, he well. does that really well. Yeah. And then uh yeah. Um before that, the week before that I went and saw Jojo Rabbit, the Taika Watiti film. I am torn. I, I wanna see it, but I don't know if I want to see it in the theater. It's got some stuff in it that I think will upset you very much. It probably will. But I've also heard... But then again, it's a movie that takes place during Nazi Germany, so it should upset you very much. Um, I know. I I, liked it a lot. I felt like... I wanted... And it it had a thing where the Nazis were scary and evil, but also they made fun of them, like, in a Mel Brooksy kind of mm-hmm. goofy way. Yeah. And I felt like they needed to balance that up a little, have a little less of one and a little more of the other. Or, well, that's yeah. the opposite of balance. But <laughs> I felt like there was too much, oh, let's laugh at the goofy Nazis and not enough... Guys, this is why you don't want to be a Nazi. Yeah. The, but the movie does get that message across, and Taika Waititi is, can commit no crime in my book. Yeah, I no, love him. I love him so much. You know, I've bought um, uh, the Wilderbeast movie. Hunt of the Wilderbeast. Wilder but I haven't, a uh, Wilder People, yeah, but I haven't watched it yet. Oh my God, it's the most charming movie ever made. Oh. Yes, I will watch it. It is. I will. I, I've got to send a copy of that to my parents, because... I want them to see a movie they'll like, which is, yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else that you've been seeing? Um, what was I watching at home? No. Okay. I have been really self-medicating a lot lately because I've got a lot of negative stuff going on in my Mm -hmm. life. And that self-medicating, in my case, because has taken the form of just reading a lot of terrible fanfic. Yeah. Because it's dumb and it makes me laugh. 
and I can't believe that there are no hotels in any of these worlds I'm reading about that have more than one bed in a room. Oh, I know. That's, like, <laughs> oh, no, there is only one bed is one of my favorite things because it, I'm like, guys. Whatsoever shall we do? Seriously, I am going to go to their fantasy world. I'm going to open a hotel. I'm going to have two beds in every, every room. room. Ooh. <laughs> so my... um. My my self medicating because I have been super fucking stressed um, is I like literally started from the beginning of the Great British Baking Show and I oh, have yeah. just been watching yep. every season because I swear nothing feels so much like a fucking hug is watching those people yep. make and and then we watch that uh, a lot too oh it's just it's just so and, happy um, making uh, we're watching the Great Gingerbread Challenge which is really good. I'll have to check it, it's out. It's more once it, I run out. <laughs> it's more bitchy and American. I don't want bitchy but American right now. They bake the gingerbread at home oh. and then they and have then to they put come. it together and decorate it. Hmm. And it's really interesting because the people from Florida are like, oh, yeah, we know how to keep your gingerbread from getting soft in shipping. You pack it in rice. And then the people who are from other parts of the country who ship their gingerbread are like, my gingerbread's all floppy. I'm like, yeah, you got to pack it in rice. <laughs> and yeah, but yeah. it's not like it is not great television, but it's great distraction television because yeah. nothing bad is going to happen to mm-hmm. anybody. Um. But what is nice is there was a good while where I just couldn't watch movies. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I'm finally getting back to where I'm uh, watching stuff again. Let me see if I can. Darn it. There was. Uh... I did just watch a whole bunch of, put a whole bunch of stuff in Letterboxd. <laughs> the, the one I'm trying to remember is um, Bob Foster uh, recommended it to me. And. Uh, and I'm going to look it up. Ooh, please enjoy this beautiful pause while we look for things on our phones. <laughs> welcome to the... It was... Uh, <laughs> welcome to the future. Yes. Tiny com- computers that live in our purses. Uh, it was called The Changeover. Um, it has this uh, girl who's 16. She lives with her mother and her four-year-old brother. And this is pretty much all of the caretaking for him. And it has um, Timothy Spall in it. Oh, who's, nice. who's I just, just wonderful. Rafe Spall in a movie I watched the other day. Is that his son or is that yeah, his brother? Okay. His son. Uh, anyhow, uh, she ends up doing almost all of the caretaking for her little brother while her mom is working a lot. Um, it's not like she's off partying and having a good time. Uh, and uh, they, she, he wanders off and she finds him over by like this little. Um, this little building where Timothy Spall is selling used things. Mm-hmm. And uh, just seeming to kind of try and tempt the boy. And uh, it's kind of like a container unit. And uh, the next time they see him, like, he disappears. And uh, she finds it over by him, and he puts this stamp on him that looks like his face, and then her brother starts falling ill. And so basically it is a fight for her brother's life in essence and it's it's kind of a slow burn um mm-hmm. but it's and it's definitely kind of a witch story and what's it um, called again the changeover okay. and it was really good i really enjoyed it um definitely went out and saw uh knives out also absolutely adored it um <laughs> i think we talked about this before we recorded the last movie mm-hmm. but i didn't talk about it on the podcast i'm fairly certain uh, Jim and I, on Jim's recommendation, went out to see Parasite. And I am seeing so many people talking about seeing it and loving it. And the I, Boulay brothers said I should see it. <laughs> and I trust them implicitly. Well, I have to come to the conclusion that I just do not like this director's movies. I was not able to finish Snowpiercer um, because it, its violence really upset me. Did you like the host? And I did not like the host. Oh, okay. And I did not like Parasite. Um, and it's well, just because Parasite is is upsetting in its content. But anybody who isn't really bothered by bad people doing bad things and it just kind of digressing and, and mm-hmm. becoming more... Um, just you can see the downward slide of everybody <laughs> that's not my jam i know there's a lot of people who it is going to be like their number one number two yeah, movie people really have year. liked it I, and i know it has like a lot of twists in it mm-hmm. as it goes oh absolutely so did you watch you watch the whole thing no i yeah. made it to like 40 minutes to the end and i just looked at jim and i said 
I, this movie is not for me, but I want you to keep watching it, and I'm going to go get some ice cream. And I did go get some ice cream, and my night was better. All right. Um, but I've just, you know, I've also, I've just come to the realization that, like, you don't have to tough it oh. out through content that you find. There's more stuff I watched. Yeah. If, if, you, if there's content that is upsetting to you in, like, a really toxic way, you don't have to suffer through it to say you've seen a movie. So, well. you know... That's true. Um, I just watched Greta. I have heard, again, that, like that it. it's there good, but no it's really dark. There are no male characters in it. Oh, wow. I mean, there's like a girl's father that you see in a video for mm-hmm. a minute when he texts, when he messages her. But mostly that is a movie about women and the and relationships between women. Uh-huh. One of whom happens to be a crazy stalker. But hey. It I looked- liked it a lot. Interesting from its um, yeah, it is interesting. Com- yeah, they. I'm gonna probably want to rewatch it at some yeah. point because I was also reading fanfic at the time to distract myself yeah. from my worldly pains. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, I liked it a lot. I would recommend it to people. Yeah. Um, I was gonna ask you. I know we were talking about it, but did you end up going to see Doctor Sleep? I did see Doctor Sleep. I As thought did that I. we had talked about it on the last podcast, but no, because I hadn't seen it yet. So you might have talked oh, about okay. it. Okay, so so you saw it. I no, I have seen it. So I think you did talk about it, but I did not because I hadn't seen well, it. Well, let's talk about it together, like friends do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am kind of a rarity in the horror community in that I don't really like the original Shining. I love the book. Um, I personally find The Shining kind of one note in the fact that he starts, he starts it crazy. Oh, do you also not like the original Shining? I like a lot of things about the original Shining. So, yeah. So, but I, I agree with you that Jack Nicholson goes into that movie crazy and comes out just a little bit crazier. Yeah. But yeah, there's no, there's not a character arc for him. No. And it's supposed to be a book about a guy who's fighting the demons of alcoholism. No. And the movie's not. But at the same time, Stanley the, Kubrick has produced an amazing piece of art with The Shining, and I appreciate he has. that. And, and while not liking the movie as a movie and a depiction of a story, and, and this is not, there are an awful lot of adaptations where I don't feel like it right. has to be an exact adaptation of the, the book to be a good movie. Right. But... Um, it has to be a good story on its own, and mm-hmm. I feel like the sh- the original Shining works almost as this art piece where you love all of the imagery, and there's all these moments that you always remember and really stick with you, and they're so iconic. But as a story, it's just like, ugh. And one of my biggest grievances with The Shining is because he kept pushing Shelley Duvall harder and harder and harder. Well, yes. And and basically one of his things was not to give any instruction on how he wanted a scene to be shot differently, but he do have have them shoot it like 80 times in a row. Right, that he do, do that differently. with everyone do differently. he worked with. Mm-hmm. Um but I kind of have issues with how Kubrick treats women. And he doesn't appear to like them very much. And a lot of the representation of of um, Wendy's character really, really upsets me. Because in a lot of ways, you know, it, it to the... <laughs> sharing way too much information. I had a conversation with my therapist. And one of the things that really upsets me is Wendy is the hardest working person in that book. She is keeping the hotel going. She is keeping her child going. She's doing her damnedest to keep her husband going. Mm-hmm. And there is a point where she is in fear of her life. She runs into a room and she's pushed to appear so hysterical. And the entire fucking theater laughs at her. And it... It is, it is just the reaction of See, seeing how hysterical she is. That. But I'm just, I'm just going to finish this thought. That it, it angers me that somebody who is pushed to such a limit and is turned into a laughable character. And that makes me angry. But when it first came out, people weren't laughing at it. Because when yeah. I went, when it was originally on its release run, people were very much more respectable of it. Yeah. Right now, we have a 
generation of jackasses yeah. who think it's cool to laugh at stuff in during horror films. That's not meant to be funny, funny. Yeah. because they're nervous or they're dumbasses or whatever. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. So, so what I really loved about Doctor Sleep was what it did take from The Shining. I felt was it made really great use of amazing imagery, and then also I feel treated Wendy with so much more kindness yeah. than The Shining ever did. Right, because that's a kid looking back, remembering his mom. And yep. of course he's going to remember her more fondly. fondly. Yeah. Um, my other, my only complaint with it, and uh, Jim kind of, handsome husband Jim, kind of felt the same where the acts feel kind of separate. And, yeah, and because and of that, it makes it feel kind of long. I felt annoyed that they even went back to The Overlook. I wanted that to be its own story. Mm. The Overlook burned down at the end of the last movie, so why are they making all these visual references to that movie but ignoring the end? Hmm. Um, so there's all that. I did like and it. It's I just, just the way they made it feel so PC. It, I know it made it felt long. Right, and I know that you can't do a, a sequel to The Shining without referencing Kubrick's film in some way because yeah. Kubrick's film was is so groundbreaking and is such... Whether you like, whether we like it or not, mm-hmm. such an important part of the genre. Yep, absolutely. Um, and I understand that you have to do that, but I felt like it felt like it was very much. Oh, hey, remember those twins? We're gonna put them in here. Yeah. Oh, there's that spooky bathtub lady. It felt like I was going down a checklist of things that were in The Shining, mm-hmm. and that they were just checking them off to make sure that they covered them. And Cover, yeah. Oh, okay. Did we get everything felt, on the list? Yeah. I I didn't like that. I was like, you know, you can do this more subtly. Yeah. Uh, what I would say I um also did really appreciate was the fact that um they chose not to use. CGI to such an extent to attempt to make actors look exactly like the characters. Yeah, they didn't let CGI look, their faces yep, that much. They let them look like them. Um, I felt the the core staff of um, the Overlook, mm-hmm. the the actors that they had playing them were fantastic. Yeah, the physicality of uh, Jack's yeah. character was the done guy wonderfully. That was, yeah, the guy who was playing the Jack Nicholson character was great. The guy that the lady that was playing Shelley Duvall. Oh my God, that she is, didn't look exactly like Shelley Duvall, but she but had she the definitely had the, down, but she and, was really good. And she's, um, it is the woman that was in Starry Eyes, which I also really fucking love. And she was also in Tales of Halloween. See, I and just I did not like Starry Eyes. <laughs> I know. But I, we I, are I on the other have hand. our differences. We are. <laughs> but yeah, she's really good. But she was fantastic in that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Yeah. Uh, we oh. watched all the way through um, the latest. Um, uh, season of She-Ra, which was really, really a delight. Um, People out there, if you are looking for really fun things, non-horror, but to watch with your kids, um, the new versions of She-Ra that they are doing on Netflix is amazing. Um, Watch the new season of The Dragon Prince, which is the creator of Korra and uh, Airbender. Um, It is his new series and it's really really wonderful and older and already like through their runs and completed uh, um series uh gravity falls and steven oh universe God, are such falls. yeah are just i'm sorry that things they did the weird stuff to it that they did on the disney when it went on disney plus but that's okay well they photoshopped out the symbol on grunkle stan's hat really oh that's uh, so weird make, yeah and that's kind of plot relevant but yeah i can tell you how yeah, they just took that out and some of the other symbols that they... That's so weird. Yeah, because it's yeah, like it an X-Files on... for... It's basically an X-Files for kids. It is. It's super yeah. fun. And yeah, they took a bunch of stuff out when they Disneyfied it. Uh, the, guy huh. that, the guy that wrote the show was tweeting about it the other day. Well, that's awful. Well, I'm really glad I have it on physical media then. Yay, physical media! You're the best! <laughs> it really is. But you can watch it on Disney+, and it's not... It doesn't... You don't lose everything. You don't lose much if you don't know it. I mean, they took out little things. Yeah, that's so strange. If you're a purist, it might bug you. If you're Alex Hirsch, who invented the show, it will probably bug you. Probably gonna bother you. you. Yeah. 
<laughs> Especially because the show was originally made for Disney. Yeah, they never, Disney. They Why would they never do that? really seemed to respect it. Yeah, which is a shame because it is a great show. Um, I also saw a movie called Use Me, which is, it's got a weird story. Okay. So, I'm going to tell you the real life thing that happened. (laughs) The real life thing that happened was that this director from Australia wanted to film a documentary about a financial dominatrix. Now, a financial dominatrix is a woman who never meets clients in person she does things for them on camera, and then they send her huge amounts of money. All right. And, or, yeah. Huh. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's a really safe way to be a sex worker. Yeah. And she's not, she doesn't take her clothes off on camera. Okay. They talked to her, and they interviewed her, and they interviewed her father, and her father said, well, I was horrified, of course, when I found out my daughter so was doing it, sex I mean, work. is it kind of like a cam girl, except it's very specific to a specific person? Is the only person who gets to watch her, or she does specific films for specific clients? Okay, but it's also kind of a cam girl thing. Okay, I'm just trying to get a better idea. Yeah, I'm not really sure. All right, if I could figure out how it worked, (laughs) (laughs) I'd be raking in money. (laughs) Um. Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) So he goes and he. So the documentary documentary guy goes. He interviews her. He films her. She's got. She's fine. She's just a girl with a job. Uh-huh. Or she interview her father, and her father's like, you know, it's her job, and I don't watch it. Oh yeah, of course. But I feel like she's being very safe. No one knows her address. She's not meeting any clients in yeah. person. She's just doing this. She's just online. It's it's fine, and she's yeah. making enough money that she's sharing with her family and taking care of business. Yeah. So she's he has consenting no to about do it. something. Everybody's so consenting point, adults. Yeah. The filmmaker realizes he has flown all the way from Australia to f- make a film about someone who's basically pretty boring. Yeah. She's like not a pervert yeah. in real life. She just does these films. Acting. So at that point, he decides, <laughs> well, I've got this documentary footage shot. I don't want to fly clear back to Australia. What can I do to make this interesting? And then he wrote a film. Okay. So part of the film is his documentary footage, and he got the lady that's the dominatrix to act in it. Mm -hmm. And the rest of it is this fictional story about him falling into, about her taking advantage of a guy and getting all his money, and then the guy kidnaps her, and it just, you know, then it just becomes like a weird detective-y crime story. And it wasn't great, because it looks like a found footage movie, largely. Yeah, yeah. But I really enjoy the fact that he realized his documentary wasn't going anywhere. And it's like, well, as long as I'm what here, else can we do what can this? I put together? And it's not a bad movie. Yeah. It's just not my kind of movie. But it was fascinating. I know. Sometimes, and I love the process they, by which it was made. Yeah. Every once in a while, they'll like hit, hit just, you know, this amazing gem sometimes. And then there's a billion other movies where it just... Is is kind yeah. of like a, a, yeah. a wet fart in the wind, but yeah. every once in a while, that's just magic, you know. So you got to go out and find those little those little gems. I think it's on Amazon Prime, and it's it's enjo- an enjoyable little crime movie <laughs> if you like little enjoyable crime movies. And also, there's some really interesting stuff at the beginning. That's the documentary footage, yeah, where she explains what she does, and you're like, huh. This is a weird time to be alive. It really is. <laughs> so, uh, I suggested, um, and it was funny after I suggested the theme, because I realized how few movies like this I've actually watched, but I suggested medical horror. Um, yes, I put catnip in a basket. Oh, that's why so there's a cat in a basket. Yes. I mean, they like baskets anyhow, but like, this is a, I wanted to guarantee this there'd is be a, a special basket. <laughs> that's why when you walked in, he was like, ah, you see me in my basket. <laughs> yep. The catnip has made him paranoid. He thinks yes. I'm an arc. Yep. Do you watch many medical horror movies? Or I've watched just... a, I've, I don't go out of my way to watch them. Yeah. But I certainly have seen a lot of them, and I feel like I can talk about them. <laughs> Me too. I end up just going with a couple of them that I've really liked, and one that I don't, but I feel like it really deserves 
a, a mention. What are you doing? Are you just being weird? What are you doing? Don't be weird or pee on me or something. Okay? Can we have can I have an agreement with you? He's just doing this weird like butt up thing that I'm hoping is just like he wants scritches or something. We're gonna hope for the best. Alright, bye Max. Um <laughs> I am gonna bring up the one first that I so, wish the one that you I liked, liked more, but okay. I don't. And it is because it is the Soska sisters, and I don't really like them. But the movie of theirs that I dislike the least is American Mary. I I would really like to rewatch American Mary. Because I have a character in a role-playing game that is kind of based off of her uh-huh. a little. Not... Yeah. Yeah. I have a, I have a character there that is just... a body modification person. It is it is an and interesting story. It's an story. interesting movie. It has a strong female lead. Um, There's just a whole bunch of the choices that I just... But it's also got a lot of a look at the freaks, yes. edge lordy quality. It does. Edge lady, I guess. It's, it's an edge lady quality. Yeah. And I feel like the Soska sisters, that's just... I mean, that's I've seen them jam. at conventions. They seem super nice. They can be. But that be. is kind or of their jam. Or they can just be really, really shitty to people. Really? Yeah. I haven't run into that. I have gotten to, like, witness it online, uh, where they, like, on very little information, basically just not only, like, was, like, screaming on Twitter with, like, no proof, but were, like, literally setting their fans. Oh, that's not a thing. That is not a thing you do. Nope. That is just... Unless you're Amanda so. Palmer. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow. I know. Speaking of people I just kind of, you know, don't like. I just anyway. Don't like her. Anyway. But yeah, American Mary is an interesting story. It's an interesting take. Um, I think it. I, there, there were parts of it I thought were kind of cheap storytelling. Um, but there was a lot about the story that was pretty interesting and a couple of really really interesting characters but it just in its end didn't equal a great movie to me sure and uh which medical horror did you really like what have i really liked um eyes without a face i have eyes without a face on my list also it's uh directed by georges franju it came out in 1960 and it's black and white french horror movie it is and not it's... just a Billy Idol song. <laughs> and it's really good. It's, it is it's amazing. It's short. It's not very long. It's no. like what... I don't know what the runtime 80, on 84 it. 84 minutes? Yeah. It's an 84 minute long movie, but it is beautifully shot. It's about a doctor who has a beautiful daughter, but something has happened to her face. Yeah. It's... She's and an he's accident. trying to yeah she's it's in an accident, accident. And he's trying to find a new face for her throughout Except this every, movie. And she goes through these horrible surgeries with him. Yeah, she keeps having to have these painful painful surgeries that fail. And it's just a really, it's a really good as just a short, standard, tight, tightly cut horror movie. But the pathos of it is just... But it's just really sad and it's also really beautiful because George Franju knows what he's doing apparently. And it's 1960 and it's just darker and... Yeah, I would have put it at least 10 years earlier from yeah. watching it. Yeah. And it's really good. Um, there's a release of it on Criterion Disc. Criterion, the company, put it out. It's a beautiful, cleaned-up print. So I highly recommend their release of it. Yeah. Um, but if you do get that, there's a feature on it called Blood of Beasts. And if you are a person who is sensitive to animal situations it's yeah. a film of what ha- it, it's a film from 1960 of a french slaughterhouse in action Ugh. Ooh, no. so <laughs> you get to you see animals killed skinned hung up all that and it's really interesting but if you're not okay with that don't, don't watch, watch it, it because it will upset you so that's what blood of beasts is it's on the disc with uh eyes without a face yeah yeah be it's, warned it's Kind of not in that same vein, but there was... I've always loved the All Creatures Great and Small, and I've read all of the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a vet show on currently that is his old veterinary right. clinic. yeah. And uh, I realized very quickly that I can't watch it because I, I am so... can't watch so, animals get hurt. I, yeah, you're like, oh, you know, you this know? is... Look at 
why does that llama look so funny? He must have gotten kicked. And I'm like, oh, I can't. They got kicked in his yep. face. I can't watch the. I can't watch there's that. some shows I can watch <laughs> because I don't mind watching the surgeries and stuff. Yeah. But like, I cannot watch the incredible Doctor Pole. Yeah. Most of what he does is pull calves out of cows. And you're like, can't do that. And it's oh, that was See, that was the next. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm like, okay, I made it through the alpaca. What's and going on next? Now we have to I was pull watching it out. Okay, no, no. With a real bad leg injury. And I'm like, I can't watch this horse get put down. And I don't think he's going to make it to the end of the show. So, yeah, I can watch a couple of those vet shows. But most of them, no. Nope. All right. So. Uh, but speaking of medical horror. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, one of the creepiest medical horror films ever is Dead Ringers, I think, by David Cronenberg. Yeah, I've never actually managed to see that. It's about two identical twins who are both gynecologists. Um, oh, who plays them? John Hurt, I think, plays no, them. No, 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 no. It's, uh... It's the other one? Yeah. I get them confused. But anyway, it's these two identical twin gynecologists. Double, no, it's... And they... What's the name of it again? Dead ringers. Dead ringers. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, they use the fact that they're twins to, like, sleep with the same women, and they're both real sleazy. And then they're... It's Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons. Just the other John Hurt is Jeremy yeah, Irons. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get those two confused constantly. So it's Jeremy Irons, who is very young and lovely looking. Don't and, they have... Uh, say, I've read the synopsis a bunch of times. Well, so let basically, me finish talking. Okay. So they're in love. They fall in love with the same woman, and one of the brothers goes a little bit crazy, and he starts thinking. And he has all these special surgical tools made Ugh. for examining vaginas of women who are aliens, and he thinks women are aliens. And there's all, and I, I have pictures of all of the surgical things that, that they have made. It's very well, upsetting. Well, the only now part you I, well, the only part that I was going to add in was one of the twins is really really outgoing and basically he only when he's done with women hands them off to his more uh demure mm-hmm. um brother which is right. kind of their jam that's like right and this that part that part is based on a true story ugh. there were two identical twins who were gynecologists and one of them went insane and then they both ended up dying ugh. um <laughs> so that much is based on true crime I don't know if they were doing the crazy experimental things, but like the gynecological instruments they had made for the movie are just these weird, terrifying alien looking claws and stuff. Um, And it's just a genuinely creepy movie because David Cronenberg. Yeah. Who also comes from uh, rabies, which he also he does a lot of body horror. It's okay. It's okay, Katie. Sorry. That's all right. He does a lot of body horror, so medical horror gets tangled up in that a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of overpass. So he also did, um, oh, what was that other movie he did? Rabid. Yeah. Rabid is about horrible things that happen to people after they have experimental surgery at a plastic surgery clinic. Yeah. And I kind of tried to keep mad science out of the medical things. Because, obviously, if you want to talk about medical horror, you can go to Frankenstein, you can go to oh, yeah. Dr. Moreau, you can go to... And that's kind of... I think mad science is different from medical mm-hmm. horror. Yeah. I mean, I love I my mad of, science. Yeah. <laughs> Was there anything else that you wanted to say? No, about do you Dead got Ringer? something? I do. Um, a real favorite of mine uh, is The Taking of Deborah Logan. Which is a set up as a kind of found footage documentary, um, and it's a study of an older woman who is suffering from Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And it's um, really creepy. It is so creepy, and and it's just well done. And there's there's parts of it that are <laughs> seems so much more realistic than any other found footage movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, like, a lot of, of the like, time when what? weird things are happening, they don't know if it's her being weird mm-hmm. because of Alzheimer's and they or assume something, that. Or something really wrong is happening. You right. Know, or like something's really... Something supernatural yeah. is happening. The one thing that really got me is is the cameraman was like, fuck you guys, I'm out of here. And they're like, we'll pay you this much more money. And he's like, well, fine. And then he stays mm-hmm. like a little bit longer. And then he's like, fuck you guys, I'm yeah. truly out of here. Yeah. Because it, there's a lot of times where you're like... The two things you always find yourself asking in those movies are, why are they filming? Mm-hmm. And why are they staying? 
because yeah. it just seems ridiculous at a certain point. Um, and uh, gosh, it's just it's it's so creepy and well done, and it's the setup for it is is kind of heartbreaking, you know, because you're you're literally watching someone lose themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, and, right. and so you're watching on the someone, family. right? You're watching someone who does have Alzheimer's, and you're watching the whole disappearing from their family, but then the things they start remembering, yeah. Are old secrets that maybe, and those start coming out because they can't suppress them anymore because of the Alzheimer's, and maybe things are real, maybe they're not. It's a really good movie for that. And the problematic relationship with her and her daughter. Mm -hmm. And then also the the young woman who is the documentarian, that she had Mm -hmm. real special reasons why she wanted to film this. Just good in a lot of ways. It's a really good film, and it's like a low-budget kind of hard to... It does a lot. But it it really makes the low budget count, and I'm not a fan of found footage at all. But I really like it. It yeah. really works effectively so within that genre. There has been I don't know why it's happening, but um, the taking of Deborah Logan has been in Amazon's new releases for the last month and a half. I don't know I what saw got it like two up. years ago. It is. It's it's a pretty old movie, and well, it's not that old. I mean, in the grand scheme of like how old certain movies are. I don't know what mistake happened. But only the only thing I can hope is that this is making other people go out and watch this movie yeah, because it's I hope popping so. up I hope in people new releases. Are watching it. <laughs> but why does this keep popping up? It's actually starting to annoy me because it's like a couple of years old. All right. Well, I just hope a ton of people are watching it because this movie is terrible yeah. as hell. Yeah. So, what's your next movie? Um, I've got some like in the seventies. There was a movie called Coma. I remember, I remember. And there was another movie called The Clonus Horror. Oh, I've never heard of that. And I always remember seeing the both of which are are pretty similar. In Mm -hmm. Coma, a doctor takes a new doctor, a a lady doctor takes a job at a hospital and finds out that a lot of patients who don't have serious things going on with them are falling into comas and being shipped off to this care facility. And then she goes to the care facility and finds out that, oh, no, they're just being kept alive so their organs can be harvested. <laughs> oh, 70s. Oh, oh 70s. I've spoiled that film for you from 1978. <laughs> that was one of those that I would always see the book at garage sales right. like when I was a kid. Right. Hi, Maggie. Yes. A book was by Oh, oh God, please somebody. don't step on my knee. Please don't step on my knee. Please don't, please don't step on my knee. She's going to step on your other knee. Oh, how many cats are going to be Dear on this Dear fucking couch? God. Hi, Maggie. Your brother's under that blanket. She loves stepping on him when he's under things. <laughs> and so you'll hear a little... <laughs> Please do not... You never want to sit on my lap. Sit on your brother's head. That would be fantastic. <laughs> um, let's see. I've got... There's a bunch of horror movies that take place in hospitals. Uh, do Dead and Buried is about yeah. a. There's that. There's uh the night sh- that night shift, not the not the comedy one about prostitutes. <laughs> there's a horror movie called <laughs> well, The Night Shift about a haunted hospital. Well, I do have two more that are kind of medical horror. So well, I have a ton of that are medical horror. Okay. I'm just kind of. I don't have a ton. I just I kept it kind of the list kind of short because I okay. really wanted to concentrate on your on your okay. TV shows and dogs. All right, go ahead. Um, upgrade. Which I absolutely love. Well, I don't think of that as medical horror. I think of that as a cyberpunk movie. It is, but the reason why is because he gets in an accident Uh where he becomes a medical upgrade. He gets a medical upgrade. Um, uh, That is such a fun movie. It is just an absolute blast. And I've talked about it quite a bit on previous episodes, but I am really never going to miss an opportunity if I have a reason at all to bring it up because it's a ton of fun. So. Um, Another one that got an Oscar nomination but was very. To me, very much a horror movie was The Skin I Live In by Pedro Almodovar. I have always wanted... He takes... See that. One of the plots, and there's a lot going on. It's got a ton (laughs) of things going on because some of his movies do. But one of the things that happens is that he takes the guy who was having an affair with his daughter... Yeah. ...kidnaps him... Has him sex changed and made in, and over the course of six years turns this guy into an exact replica of his of his own dead wife. Ooh. 
and basically forces them to go through all this gender reassignment. And it's a largely, and a lot of his storyline is him trying to maintain his personality as he's put into a body that he doesn't fit in. And that for me is, I think that's, that is horrible to me. Yeah. Just like I think it's horrible for trans people who want to be who they are and yet are constantly being told, well, you have the wrong body for that. Yeah. But I, I felt it worked really well in a, in the, in the other way around of someone being forced into the body they don't yeah. want. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's an interesting movie. Um, it's got a lot of plastics. It's about a plastic surgeon. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of weird surgery stuff going on. Timmy Banderas did, like, he was really affiliated with that director for a while. And they did oh, yeah. some really strange stuff. Oh, yeah. Those guys are, have been buds forever. He, they still work together whenever they get the chance. Because, yeah. yeah. A friend of mine just interviewed Almodovar. He said it was super fun. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and uh, my last one, because uh, I just decided to just kind of go with a little handful, um, sure. was uh, Fragile, um, which is a movie that has Callista Flockhart in it. Um, and it's not a very... It's on the creepy end. It's a, a woman... Uh, takes a job at kind of this antiquated hospital for children. Um, yeah. And she keeps uh, the kids fear this ghost. Um, that, and she's trying to protect and them. And she's trying to protect yeah. them. And uh, it just kind of gets creepier and creepier. And, it, you know, it was when she was doing, like, it was neat to see Callista Flockhart in a, in a, a movie, in, in, in a character role unlike anything I'd seen her do up to that point. And it was, um, I never know how to say this guy's name. It's, well, it's Balaguerro. Um, Juan Balaguerro? Yeah. So it's the director of Rack and Rack 2. Um, and so, I mean, he definitely knows how to do the creep factor. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just never got really talked about. Um, yeah, well, Rack and Rack 2 are both pretty gonzo. Yeah. And it's definitely not in that vein. So it was definitely a departure from those. Um, but it was, I thought, really creepy. And uh, the kids, you know, they're um, ill in one way or another. And she's there to caretake for them. And then things just start getting creepier and creepier. And uh, I really enjoyed it. Right. One of the movies that I really liked when I was younger, and I still, and I'm kind of, and I remember when it came out that was hugely controversial, was Boxing Helena. Yep. With Julian Sands and... Uh, oh, the adorable girl. Uh she was in uh, Twin Sherlin Peaks. Fan, Julian Sherlin Sands, Fan. and Bill yeah. Paxton. Yeah. And it's about a doctor who becomes obsessed with his ex-girlfriend who hates him. Mm-hmm. And she comes to the hospital with a broken leg and he takes her home and amputates her leg. And then she tries to strangle him and because she's holding her prisoner. And then he amputates her other leg to keep her from leaving. And he amputates both of her arms, arms. And it's just to keep her there. controlling in a fight between the two of and them. And she is... And no matter what he does to her, she still hates him. Yep. And I really liked that angle. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it was originally coming out, they were trying to rate it... Well, I didn't have... I don't think they had NC-17. I think they're trying yeah. to make it rated X because of yeah. disturbing and ideas. It, and the movie is... So, during the last 10 minutes of the film, she wakes up in the hospital and it was all a dream. Yeah. That was never meant to be there, and that mm-hmm. ruined the whole film for me. Yeah. Um, this will be known also as the movie that basically destroyed Kim Basinger because she had been signed on to do the film mm-hmm. and fought to get out of it, and they literally sued the shit out of her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so it was, it so had it's gotten a lot for of that. And it was directed by a female director, which yeah. I think is really interesting. Oh my gosh. Normally that I could a just woman is going to right make it, a woman. Uh, her name is, her last name's Lynch. Is it oh, Jen- Jennifer Lynch. Jennifer Lynch. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that a woman would make a film so much about how women are treated how mm-hmm. if we talk back, this is done until there's nothing left. Yeah. Yeah. And I really, I liked that. And I think that. It's a weird it, movie. It's a real weird movie. But I'll watch Julian Sands being weird <laughs> with Cheryl and Finn for as long as my little eyes can hold it. Because they are, at that point, they were at the peak of their beauty. They were. And. Hey, yeah. Oh, poor kitty. 
What did so, you think? I think that's kind of... I've got a couple other movies, but they're not movies I feel that impressed with. But since we're talking about medical horror and you asked me to talk about a couple of medical documentaries, uh-huh. one of which is... A horror film and a documentary is a movie called 3801 Lancaster about Herman Gosnell. Do you know who he was? No. He was an incredibly prolific serial killer. Mm. He ran an abortion clinic. So, of course, this film has a lot of people saying, well, it's really pro-life or it's, it's not. I didn't feel like it was. But... It was largely a film about the failure of the medical industry to inspect things. He had people, he had, when they, when the police went in, they thought that he was selling drugs illegally and they Mm -hmm. went in, there's blood all over the floor. There's a, there's a couch that he made patients sit on that's blood stained and horrible. The refrigerator, he has been keeping the feet, he cut off of fetuses and he has jars and jars and jars of them. I remember when you watched this. Yeah, and it's horrific it is just horrific and i know some people said that it's very pro-life but also it's a film about why women need to be able to get legal legal safe abortions yeah because this guy had a legal abortion clinic yeah but but they weren't safe and the women that were getting the abortions they found out about it because they all kept getting the same disease same venereal diseases they'd go to the hospital and it was because he never washed his instruments. Ugh. And it is absolutely a film you cannot unsee. Yeah. But if you want a medical horror, that's it. That's it. It's just <laughs> awful. And they interview the guy in jail. They interview Gosnell in jail, and he acts like it's no big deal. Yeah. It's just women. He's like, oh, I was helping them. And he wasn't. And yeah. Yeah. It, it's. It is stomach churning and horrible and just no. Yeah. Um, there's also a podcast called Dr. Death. I've heard about that. Which is just about a guy who claimed he was the best back surgeon in the world. Oh, and, and he they, had they, failed they his kept, classes. He was they kept awful. They not wanting to fire him, so the the next they would let they would just quietly send let him, him go quietly and they to would another write hospital. him references because they they didn't want to make a huge deal out of it. They just wanted him to go away, mm-hmm. and so he just kept being worse and worse. Right, and, worse. and he would tell his patients, "Oh, I'm operating out of the big hospital downtown, but temp, but right now the operating room is booked, so I'm going to operate on you here in this crappy little hospital that doesn't have good equipment." But actually, he had been fired by the big hospital, and the little hospital is the only place he could get a job. Very, very good podcast. Um, he was super famous because he had all these billboards and TV commercials with people saying, he saved my life. And they interview the people who were in the commercials, who, and, yeah, and he was a really bad back doctor. Yeah. Like, at one point, a doctor is testifying that He's like, oh, yeah, he put screws in that guy's spine, but he screwed them into muscle. <gasps> God. Yeah. And it's, and it's so horrible. So that is also a medical horror. Yeah. And a lot of that is about how he was able to get away for it so long. Why yeah. the system is so messed up yeah. that this guy could kill all these people and yep. ruin people for and life. It, and it's so horrible that, I mean, people don't get go get surgery. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just... I know you're in pain. <laughs> no. You chose this subject and then you hurt your I leg. Know. And now it's all too close to home. Yeah, a little bit. Because it's like, it's so sad that these people would be injured, which would force them into a situation where they'd need surgery and come out hurt so much more than when they went in. Mm-hmm. No. Um, <laughs> so I keep like going, don't don't step on my knee, don't step on my knee. I was uh, running across the street and I went straight down on one of my kneecaps. Um, the x-ray shows that I have a probable fracture in my kneecap um but it's a subtle fracture subtle good (laughs) uh but they're gonna do an mri to find out if i have damaged other things in my knee besides my kneecap um but unfortunately like and then she's like i'm gonna do medical horror now you don't want to go to the hospital (laughs) no don't send me there no um unfortunately uh if if your kneecap's in pieces they have to do surgery and if it's not in pieces they have to put you like in a full leg cast i'm just what they did for me because my knee shattered okay i mean literally the word the doctor used was not shattered but exploded when i uh wrecked my scooter one time 
And broke your arm, too, didn't you? Yeah, I broke both my wrists. Oh, jeez. And my knee. And your knee. Okay. What they did for me was they gave me a leg brace that was super tight. Uh Uh-huh. And just made me keep it on, and I couldn't... And keep the legs super straight, so I had to be in a wheelchair. Oh. So I was just in a wheelchair for a long time. I just just moved into a house with so many stairs. You're not going to be in a wheelchair. (laughs) Uh, But yeah. Your knee may have a small fracture in it. My knee exploded. Exploded. Yeah. Well. But yeah. And I was in a wheelchair for a while. And my friend Jana had to fly up from California to take care of me. And it was a mess. We'll see. Fortunately, I had insurance. (laughs) <sighs> Those were the glory days. Yeah. Um, right. Let's see. Other <laughs> less disturbing medical documentaries. There's one I really like, which is kind of medical, kind of not, called The Mask You Live In. And oh, it's yeah. a documentary about masculinity. And they talk to a lot of men about how nar- the narrow view that our culture has of what makes a man is harmful to men. Yes. So it's a lot about toxic masculinity, but it's not... A film saying toxic masculinity is bad for women. It explains exactly why it's, it's bad, bad for, for men. men, and I think yeah. that's a really and it's a really it good, a huge disservice. Yeah, to it's men. a really good documentary. I've actually never um, watched. It. I bought it like right when it first came out, and I just haven't found the time to sit and watch it yet. There is the one I've been talking about for ages called Pain, Pus, and Poison: The Search for Modern Medicine. It is a BBC show. It is hosted by a guy named Michael Mosley. Who actually says, well, let's see how this pain relief reliever worked in the Victorian era and does ether on the show. And it's really, really good and super informative. There's three episodes. Pain is about the history of painkillers. Poison is about the way that we have managed to turn poisons into medicine by extracting things from them. And... um, the pus one is just about how we learn to fight infections. And there's things I didn't realize. Like, we didn't have penicillin until the 1950s. Yeah. And I had always assumed, oh, well, that was discovered ages ago by Louis Pasteur. It was discovered, but nobody did anything with, with the it. knowledge until World War Two. Yeah. So it, it's really fascinating. It's available on YouTube. I literally... So you can watch it there. The primary reason I suggested this as a theme mm-hmm. is because... You know, Six used to always tease me about, you know, Jen's documentary corner. And anytime that you brought up a documentary, it was almost a lot of the time it was a medical documentary or, you know, that's shows that I'm you a watch. Morbid, it's because I'm a morbid jerk. It's because you're wonderful. And and I, I have heard you talk about them so many times that I'm like, this is a wonderful topic and I'd love to give you the means to, like, just torture just our listeners by talking about more. it. Yes. It's completely my goal. So, yeah, Pain, Puss, and Poison. Three <laughs> episodes, each an hour long. Absolutely riveting, brilliantly presented, and you'll learn so much. I didn't know that Bayer invented heroin. <laughs> oh, God, neither did I. But then they decided not to develop it and went into the aspirin business. <laughs> and sold it off to a different company. But, yeah, stuff like that. It's full of cool stuff like that. Um, there's also a more whimsical, in a way, documentary called Nuts, and it is about goat gland surgery, which oh, I am God. fascinated by it. Goat gland surgery. We're going to have to put a parental warning on this one, because I'm talking about all these gross surgical things, is where they believed, this was in the 1920s and 30s, I believe, where and this was a national craze. I mean... It ha- you see silent movies with goat gland jokes in them still. Yeah. But they believed that if you were run down, unable to father children, you couldn't, uh, your sexual, your sexual organs were dysfunctioning, that if you just got a goat testicle implanted, you would be great. Of course. It would cure everything. You would have multiple children. And of course, he had this documentary is based on the dire on the uh, autobiography of the doctor. So it's telling all these stories as though this is the best thing that ever happened. And then at the end, it talks about what he was actually doing. Um, it's based on a book called Charlatan, which one of my favorite weird medical books. Uh huh. 
because charlatan is is not only about the doctor but about the people that were trying to stop him from yeah. doing what he was doing but nuts is a really good documentary um despite the fact that he was a complete quack and he was basically he would just cut the scrotum open and stuff a goat a piece of goat testicle in there and sew it back up oh god <laughs> that's just a recipe for horrible yeah horrible things yep he owned an entire <laughs> town in kansas that was dedicated to his goat gland clinic um he invented How modern did everybody radio just not immediately die i don't know i don't I, that i don't know i seriously do not know why thousands of people didn't die because there were thousands it, of people having that surgery seem like an awful there way was, to go there were like oh having, and it wasn't having like sometimes sepsis yeah, sometimes and, if you if they were doing this operation on women, God only knows where they were putting the goat glands on them. I know that they were doing things where they would just make a cut in your like chest tissue and stuff something in there and sew it back up. Oh These God. could not have been successful surgeries, but there were so many people raving about how it had changed their lives, and it's I'm I'm amazed by the whole thing. Filthy matter in. Yeah, we just oh, you got to pick your own goat. <laughs> that That's one looks bonus. frisky. I'll take that one. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I know, and I felt bad for the goats too, because well, they you know they're they, not getting they, any they, anesthetic. Well, but you, they, there's their like survival seemed a yeah. little a little bit more viable than and the there were hundreds had... and hundreds of these operations done, and people must have survived them. I can't imagine how that would work. Maybe your body just reabsorbs the foreign tissue. Sometimes, the if idea. it doesn't, if it doesn't get an infection, you'll be okay. The idea but of you not getting infection just seems astronomically <laughs> small. Remember, uh, we didn't have penicillin until the nineteen fifties. Oh shit! But it's, it's a fascinating documentary, laughing. and it is a fascinating story. And I have like the original. I have some original material from the guy that's like. Stunning testimonials to the power of goat glands. And they sound pretty convincing. I'm like, yeah, if I didn't know that was crap, I would totally believe that. Because look, he's got all these people that are say endorsing him that have had this surgery. And I'm wondering if like the guys that had goat gland surgery and then they went on to have children. I wonder how many of those children are related to the doctor. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. How many of those kids are... Are because this doctor was screwing around with their wives while they were recuperating in his clinic or whatever. Wow. I mean, I mean, it's possible. That's something that hasn't isn't brought up in the documentary. That's just a personal thing I'm curious about because yep. lots of guys had babies after they had the surgery, like did real they, soon after they, they had the surgery. Did they really? Well, no, their wives did. <laughs> I, but no, <laughs> but you know what I mean. I know it. No. <laughs> so that's that. Uh, and also there's one that's also hosted by the same guy that does Pain, Pus, and Poison, Michael Mosley. And it's called Blood and Guts, A History of Surgery. And it's real good. Mm-hmm. I've only watched like five minutes of it, but it's really good. And um, that's some medical documentaries you can watch. I tend to watch documentaries about weird things. Like, I don't want to just watch a documentary about how sports medicine has changed over the years. Even though sports medicine is why I didn't have to have my arm amputated when I broke it really bad. But I'm not as interested in that as I am about weird things. Like those ladies that will get a baby, a fertilized baby, and then it will die, but it just turns and it just calcifies. Oh, yeah. Like the calcified babies. I'm fascinated by that stuff. I'm fascinated by weird Fringe medicine. Weird, crazy things sometimes happen in our bodies. I love the history of medicine. Yeah. Because, like, at this point, I'm like, I know more about medicine than a Civil War era surgeon. Yeah. But I will never have to try and amputate anyone's leg in five minutes, and I hope that is true. Yeah. (laughs) But it's like, oh, my God. And then you read... How did anybody ever live? How did anybody survive these surgeries? And lots yeah. of people did survive surgeries yeah. during that era. Yeah. And, yeah, it's fascinating. There's also a British comedy show. I don't know where you can find it. It's a BBC show called Quacks. 
and it's about the medical industry. Oh, probably in the 17, 1800s, and it is hilarious. It stars um, uh, Rory... He played Frankenstein in the um, Penny Dreadful. Rory. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, that know. guy. And he's hilarious. He's just this ridiculous doctor. God and damn it, now I'm trying There's to a pharmacist in it who is trying to invent an um, anesthetic, but all he does is just take many, many drugs. <laughs> well, you know. As an experiment. <laughs> and sometimes they work, and sometimes he thinks he's a rabbit. But yeah, it's a super fun show. And uh, that's... That's all I have I to think say about uh, medical weirdness. Oh, I'm so glad we're recording again. I mean, <laughs> yes. I like seeing your face. Yay, I'm here. I'm so yeah. sorry that you're broken. I <laughs> know. I fell down. <laughs> all right. Well, hopefully see you guys in two weeks and uh, talk to you then. Bye. Don't Read the Latin can be found at don'treadthelatin.com. On Twitter at DRTL Podcast, on Tumblr, or at Facebook.com slash Don't Read the Latin. Please rate us on iTunes and tell your friends and thieves about us. We're dying to meet them. <laughs>